Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, did you survive the greatest weekend of football ever? Yeah, yeah, and I loved it. It was so much fun. Funner than APA format? Funner than being in a ball pit with a bunch of kids? Funner, uh, I don't have anything else here. Yes. <laughs> Funner... It, funner than watching was, 162 baseball games. Or funner, it, more fun than voting for the Baseball Hall of Fame. It was more fun than a grammar lesson. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, more fun than School of Rock? Sick burn. School of Rock was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Could no, you? That's but, the ultimate grammar lesson. But honestly, you know, <laughs> if if you didn't watch these games, you probably already feel bad enough because it's... It's it's being said by anybody that tuned in. Like th- this was the best weekend of football they've ever had, uh, capped off by possibly the best football game they've ever seen. Um, and and whether or not you want to agree with these people, it's really hard to disagree. Um, who, are, who are these people? The, the people the people exalting this weekend is the best ever. Um, huh. I, I can't find a way to disagree with them. You know, I'm I'm very hesitant to say. Right. Oh yeah, that was the best football game I've ever seen. But I'm also really challenged to come up with a, a game that that isn't better just because it features my team. Uh, these 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 games were all incredible. Yes, yes, they were. Um, starting off with the Bengals and Titans. Um, <laughs> boy, does Ryan Tannehill suck. <laughs> That's all I can really start with oh, here. Oh man! And boy, did Derrick Henry look like he just got out of like a cryogenic freezer. I mean, he yeah. just was running like he was stuck in cement. Yeah. The so so that was something I was, uh, you know, concerned about, but I was worried about the wrong quarterback throwing mm-hmm. interceptions. Because um, I, you know, if you if you guys listened last week, I was worried that that you know the Bengals needing to push the ball down the field to keep up with the Titans would be what would cause a turnover that would decide the game, and instead. Tannehill throws an interception on the first play from scrimmage and ends up throwing two more. Uh, and, uh, and you know, we we get a low-scoring, hard-fought game with a, a walk-off field goal. It was incredible. Right, right. By possibly the kicker, one of the best rookie, greatest rookie kicking seasons of all time. Um, just extremely clutch, barely, hardly missed any of the season. And when you needed him, came up clutch just like Adam Vinatieri. Not to say he is, and I'm trying to jinx him. <laughs> um, so his career is ruined. <laughs> so he can't affect the New England Patriots' playoff chances at all for the next 20 years or something like that. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was a game you saw Joe Burrow basically get decapitated and still somehow walked off the field and had like a post-game interview that like made it sound like he hardly did, you know. Like he went out there and played a game of like putt putt golf. I mean, he was super composed. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? um, and man, the Bengals—they're on some sort of trajectory right now. Um, we'll we'll get more into next week later in the podcast. But boy, uh, the Bengals—they seem to be playing better football every week right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, without like a really consistent running game, which we'll get into in a bit here as well. What did you think what do you think about Aaron Rodgers and his possible final game at Lambeau? I mean it's not even is it possible or is it the final game? I mean it, it it's possible that it's his final game at Lambeau. Um I I'm not betting on it though. Um 
But man, 10 points on offense when you're the MVP at home. Uh, you know, number one seed, bye week, just... Despicable. It was, it was, <laughs> I mean, the, if you were a Packers fan, you didn't enjoy this game, obviously. But man, watching the 49ers, I mean, the longer you watch this game, the more you were like, how do they continue to shut this offense down? Uh, but they were equal to the task. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has gone on the record saying he likes playing in the cold because it makes the defense slow. The defense didn't look slow. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the offense, the offense looked a little slow. Um, man, they were just, you know, couldn't, couldn't move the ball. It was, uh, it was pretty incredible to watch. My question is, so, uh, you didn't, I guess the answer was, this is, this is the bat last time we'll see Aaron Rodgers oh. in a green, yellow uniform. Uh, what is I, your, I, like, I very feeling? much doubt it. My money is he'll okay. be playing for the Green Bay Packers next year. Wow. Hard yeah. take. Okay, what do you? Okay, and, so and that's you, coming from somebody that would love nothing more than for him to be doing <clears throat> anything else. Okay, whether it's full time Jeopardy host or playing <laughs> for any other team, or you know coaching Pop Warner, I don't want him to play for Green Bay next year. But that is uh, my prediction: is that he will be playing for Green Bay next year. What, what do you think about um, uh, you know? Jimmy Garoppolo, who like continues to play like really bad football, but still wins football games. I mean, it's like yeah, I mean, it's becoming it's, like it's a incredible. Joke Here he is, yeah. one game away from going to his second Super Bowl, right? Um, and Aaron Rodgers only been to one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers got a win, but remarkable. still, uh, this is just absolutely incredible. Um, I think it uh, it says a lot about Kyle Shanahan as a coach and, and their, their culture there, the way they play, uh, the roster they put together is underrated right. by anybody outside the Bay Area. Um, they, I mean, th- those fans definitely believe that they belong where they are and that, that they're going to be moving on to the Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, man, incredible. Uh, again, their, their defense was incredible. The Packers' defense was also incredible. Um the 49ers didn't didn't get a touchdown on offense, didn't get a touchdown on defense. It came on special teams, um, which is where the Packers, I believe, are 32nd in the league. Um, so it's just it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that that that's how it happened. Uh, although it is surprising that it did happen. Um, yeah, just just absolutely incredible, and our second walk-off game-winning field goal of the weekend by Robbie Gould, which, by the way, I think is the uh, kicker most jinxed out of last weekend. I heard it so many times how he's perfect in the postseason, 19 for 19 in field goals in the postseason. They said it so many times that I, it might even factor into my prediction of uh, of their game next week. We'll get to that, man. We'll Just get to that save, later. Save <laughs> it, Trevor. I know you're excited about to talk about kicker utility. <laughs> Listen, you have to find your own podcast for that. So, um, hey, this is therapy for me too. <laughs> Gary Anderson, never forget. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. If you know, you know. Um, the L.A. Rams coming in and beating Tampa Bay at home. Um, what could be the final game for Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform? His long, illustrious Buccaneers career 
him and uh, Arians have had it out, and Brady didn't look like he really wanted to be there on Sunday. What do you say about that? I thought he didn't. He didn't look like he wanted to be there. I think no, I think you kind of had boo boo face the whole time. A it bit of uh, it didn't look like the Brady we're used to seeing uh, when they're winning. Um, but man, uh, especially by the end of the game, he just looked kind of dejected. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think there's a lot of things you could read into that, and and uh, I certainly don't know what he's thinking and feeling, but. You know, last year at this time in this position, he had this team firing on all cylinders, and it just wasn't there this week. Um, yeah, and, and and there are some obvious pieces missing with with Antonio Brown leaving, and Chris Godwin being injured. Um, Mike Evans and Gronkowski, it just weren't enough. Um, not not against this Rams team, uh, so. You know, I think uh, I think we'll see him back next year. It'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of change he can bring about in the off season with uh, with that team. Yeah, he's certainly going to play. I think, like, <clears throat> excuse me. I think he said he he'll play until he sucks. Well, <laughs> he was based an MVP candidate this year. He's not going to stop playing. Sorry, sorry for anybody out there who doesn't want to see Tom Brady on the field or is tired of hearing about him. Or doesn't want to see him win anything else. He's probably going to win another thing. Man, it may not be a Super Bowl, but he'll definitely win another game. Maybe an MVP. Maybe they'll come out with a trophy named after him. Who knows? He'll win it. So, um, you know, I thought, you know, as far as the Rams are concerned, I mean, have you ever seen a team try to crap their pants more than the Rams did on Sunday and still win the game? No, and that's... By that's, God. <laughs> it's it's difficult to know how to analyze that. Um you know, I, I've heard... Is that coaching? Uh, so, I, I, I do think that they have great coaching in place with, with the L.A. Rams. Mm. Uh, they they get a lot out of their players. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Colin Cowherd was saying that uh, the the Rams are, uh, one, you know, the best team in the league because they won, even though they had these turnovers and mistakes. Uh, and then there's, there's the opposite approach, which is like, yeah, they won, but they really shouldn't have with the mistakes that they made. Um, and, and I see what, what, what the other argument is, you know, yeah. Uh, making those kinds of mistakes and then not letting it take you out of the game. Uh, that's important if you're going to win games like this when you have to, but also, uh, you know, that that's not something you want to put yourself the, the sort of position you want to put yourself in week to week. You're going to have to play better football uh, if you want to go all the way. So uh, it, it's kind of a difficult team to figure out in regards to the mistakes that they made. Um, but uh, they pulled it out and they got OBJ playing the best football we've seen in a long time. Um so you know, then they they brought, they also brought in uh, uh, Vaughn Miller on defense, and you know the you know nobody on the defensive line does it all by themselves. They, you know you always raise the performance of this person or that person by making it a more complete D line. That's what they have now with bringing Vaughn Miller in. So these these mid season acquisitions are really paying off right now for the Rams. Absolutely. Von Miller, I mean, knows, I was saying last week knows Tom Brady more than probably any other 
defender in the league, considering what he's done against them <laughs> in Denver in 2015, 2013, and, and so on and so forth. Any regular season game play against them, and it and it and uh, Brady was was shook. I mean, oh, yeah. he threw an interception early. He had five, he was sacked five times. He was under pressure a lot. I mean, he got his first ever personal foul penalty in his entire career. So if you're telling me the guy's not shook, I mean, he was shook a little bit. And granted, like you're saying, he was missing all these weapons and whatnot, and that can certainly factor into them and his mental uh, aspect of playing the game of quarterback. We've never seen Tom Brady act like a, you know, sort of the way he did on Sunday. I don't have a, a word for it. I, I'm sure I would need to censor it if I did. So I'll just say he was acting sort of childish. That's what I was saying. He had a boo-boo face a little bit. Um, no, yeah. And, and like he was upset. You know, a lot of the decisions that Arians had made and some of the, te- te- the team has made. And I think, season. you know, and I think that, uh, I think that's not to be unexpected from a guy like Tom Brady. Um, you don't, Whoa. you don't get the level of success he has if, if failing doesn't upset you a lot. Yeah, um, that's fair. So I, I, I think I understand the uh, frustration, you know, somebody that holds themselves to a high level of, of performance and excellence themselves, I, I really understand, <laughs> uh, you know, how we must feel to uh, to not succeed uh, in that game. So, yeah, it it was a little bit of a poo-poo face. He poo-pooed. <laughs> poo-poo. Yeah, I know, like you said, on a week-to-week basis, Trevor, I mean, if we have a bad podcast, I mean, you're basically raking yourself with the Colts. Oh, yeah, so yeah. You I, guys, uh, yeah, the listeners don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't understand what the, the amount of therapy that needs to happen after after a bad week here. You know, it's, it's just really grueling for this poor guy. Finally, but not least, probably the greatest football game any of us have ever seen. Certainly not flawless by, by any means. However, extremely exciting, back and forth. Easily probably the two best quarterback games you'll see, and... Gabriel Davis played probably as good as a game as a receiver as you'll probably ever watch. He had a, a stutter step post that just completely crushed Juan Thornhill, I think, on the left sideline. He caught a touchdown for the, um, the go-ahead one that Buffalo had. I mean, these yeah. are two guys we're going to see for a long time, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, it was oh, an a- absolutely. Game. We're, we're so. witnessing the early days of, of what we're hoping is going to be a, a, an epic, long rivalry. Um, right. Brady you know, Manning. Yeah, it, it, you got to think it, it. That's exactly what we get unless uh, some sort of tragedy uh, removes one of these guys from the NFL scene. Um, but uh, yeah, this game, uh, you know, the the Chiefs win with a touchdown in overtime. That's a whole other discussion. But uh, man, it was a really good back and forth. You know, nobody pulling away from the other sort of game, and then. The fourth quarter, 25 points in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Absolutely incredible. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, if, if you saw that game, you saw somebody rewrite the unwritten rules. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I think you know what I mean. It is now 13 seconds is too much time for a good offense and three three timeouts. Um you you can't you, you got to think if the situation was reversed it I want to say it'd probably be too much time for the Bills. You, the they Bills, scored if the, if the Bills, forty seconds. If the Bills so, had thirteen seconds and three yeah. timeouts, I'm saying that they could probably get that field goal too. Um, they went seventy five yards in forty seconds right before that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it was too much time. <laughs> yeah, it would have thir- been thirteen seconds yeah. when when 
when both teams are playing such mistake-free football that that you've got three timeouts left with 13 seconds left, that's that's enough time to get into field goal range and tie it up or win, depending on the situation. Um, it, it was just an absolute amazing game. Uh, and and I, I don't even – I mean, very – very offensively driven game, but we did see the defenses force punts pretty regularly. That's that's why you only had, you know, a touchdown apiece for the first three quarters. And then just incredible, incredible end to the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if anything, it came, the result of it, other than we all watched a great game, we all could reflect on the future we have in the NFL, which is just <laughs> very bright, so bright you might you're gonna burn your retinas if you stare too close to it. I think we all came out and thinking, well, are the overtime rules flawed? Are are we sure this is what we want moving forward for overtime rules? I mean, you look back a couple of years ago, Kansas City involved in another wild game against New England. Basically, do we want a game that's so good? Do we want two teams that are so good? Their fate decided on a coin flip. Does that seem well? Fair? And and that's exactly what it is. And it's I I don't entirely blame the rules, but the uh, with the rules the way they are, we've had eleven overtime matchups with these rules, and the team that wins the coin toss is ten and one. So you may as well just let the coin decide. We should we should just have the like the coin you know call it in the air. If you win, you win. Um, and, and that's why I think these rules probably should change. So, because it's such an offensive focused league, the way, the way things are, um, that, that it is that one sided and now that, you know, the other way to look at it is that defense needs to be a bigger part of the game. I mean, when you put your defense out there, that's your team as much as your offense, and that's an opportunity to win as much as putting your offense out there. But that's not the league that we're in. Uh, so I, I guess what I'm saying is, as the rules stand, I don't think that it's unfair for the team because you, you had a chance to win it in regulation. Um, but in terms of viewing these games as a fan this isn't what people want to see um, because it's such an offensive league. You want to see both teams get a shot with the ball. So right. uh, I, I don't think that the rules are unfair to the teams, but it's unfair to the fans. It may be unfair is a strong word, but it, it's not what the fans want. It's very obvious that, that, you know, even, even the teams that win, I don't think would have you know, have the ability to disagree with what we're saying here um, because it doesn't mean that they didn't win. It means that the other team had a chance to also score. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I expect there'll be a lot of talk about this in the, uh, in the off season, whether or not we get a rule change this year. Uh, I won't hold my breath. But uh, it's interesting to me that the last time this was a really big discussion – uh, it was because the Chiefs had been knocked out of the playoffs without getting to touch the ball in overtime. So you just don't know if, if you know, as a as a Chiefs fan, you may have you you might have regretted if you got what you wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but uh, but in the long run, I do think that you'd get a an overall consensus that that people would prefer an adjustment of some kind, so that it's not basically decided by the flip of the coin. Right. If anything, at least for the playoffs, right? Ten minute well, quarter. That's another. You good, just play uh, it through. That's another good point. Right. Um, and, it, and, it, and the NFL would not be the only league to have separate overtime rules for postseason play. Uh, I, I'm not enough of a sports junkie to list off for certain. I, I heard this talked about on the radio. I think maybe baseball and either the NBA or the NHL. There's a couple other leagues out there that have different overtime rules for postseason matchups. Right, right. And and uh, I've even heard sort of like, spec, like let's do the whoever wins the coin flip at the beginning of the game gets the ball and in overtime. You know what I'm saying? And oh, so sure. like that yeah, and so there's a whole bunch of variations you can hear. Listen, folks, like we could speculate this on for days. At the end of the day, the rule is what it is. It's probably going to be changed. Because I, there's so I much outcry. This is usually how this works. I think it, it will I, think I, it I will. don't know if we'll get significant change before next season, well, but but it is you know, something that will not stand. You know why it's going to get changed? Because money. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to generate more money. And it's going to keep the NFL on TV longer. And there's going to be more chances for commercials. And so they can throw in their State Farm commercial here and there. And Pat Mahomes can show up without a shirt on. And yeah, he can well. Be, he can be talking about know, his shoes that he owns and stuff. This, so is, where, this is where the NFL why. Players Association will uh, chime in. Because um, I do believe one of the motivations behind the current rules is that when you play an entire fifth quarter, um, the risk and likelihood of injury uh, goes up. Uh, these guys are play. Uh, they're they're tired, uh, you know, physically and mentally exhausted. The risk for injury after four quarters does go up. So we do have to consider that when we when we look at at options going forward. I think I think that they'll be able to find something that makes it uh, more fair for this offense driven league, a better product for the uh, you know for the spectators, me and you, everybody listening. Uh, but still keeps it away from playing an entire more 15 minutes of game time. Um, they, they just do, they added a regular season game and took away a preseason game, and that's that's how that worked. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't you know, think the NFLPA it, it, nothing was else all changed. excited about that either. <laughs> no, but, you know, it didn't change. They didn't get paid more for it. I mean, maybe they make that's another right. game check. That's but, right. like, maybe, but who cares? They added it. You know, they'll get more TV money, they'll get more ad revenue, and it'll equal out. Who cares? Oh, yeah, Sorry. it all goes right to the players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, the owners are broke, and, you know, they hardly <laughs> own teams. And they could barely afford a house, you know, and so especially in this market right now. Uh, maybe even a billion dollars can't get you a house. But nonetheless, um, lastly, before we get to the, the championship games this weekend, folks, big discussion about the divisional playoff weekend. Great weekend for football, by the way, if I didn't already say so. Quickly, Sean Payton stepping away from the New Orleans Saints uh, after what seventeen years of being at the helm there. Um, no Drew Brees. Got a if Jameis Winston was your quarterback, wouldn't you rather not be on that team <laughs> and and coach it? I think I'd rather run a Wendy's than be a coach of Jameis Winston. So like, oh, um, I don't know. You guys are gonna have to sweeten the deal. I got a yeah. good thing over at uh, Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wendy's is paying me sixty grand. I only have to deal with like Chuck the whoever and like fifteen, seventeen year olds. You know, <laughs> that's all I have to deal with. So why would he step away? 
Other you know, than that. That, that's, that's a great question. It certainly came as a surprise to me. Um, the more speculation that goes on about the future for him, uh, you know, it, it's all things that weren't really on my radar. I, I had no idea he had so many connection, connections to Dallas um, and that he maybe you know, there, there's a lot of speculation out there that what he wants to do is, is coach for Dallas and that he'll definitely end up there. Uh, there's a few details in the way there, one being that he's still under contract with the, with the Saints next year, and, uh, and two being that the, the Cowboys have a head coach, um, and, and a year is all it takes for somebody to solidify them. I'm not predicting that that's what's going to happen for Mike McCarthy. I think he's a terrible coach. Um, but, uh, but you know, it, it, I'm starting to get a picture here of, of uh, Sean Payton that, that was just, you know, it's all new to me. Um, I, was, I was really surprised because I know, what I do know about the Saints is that they idolized their coach as much as they did their Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, so, so to find out that he was less than happy with the job that he had was, was a shock to me. Yeah. Likewise, you know, especially given the security, like you said, in the pedestal, they put him up on new Orleans and certainly that team is, I hear it's a fun town. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know much about it. There's certainly nothing going on there in February. And so, um, I, you know, I, I can't help but think, why would he go away? Stable GM, stable ownership situation, stable stadium. Um, I don't, I great, can't really figure it out. Field. Yeah, great home yeah, field. Can't figure um, it out. Unless their salary cap situation, the player situation, and the quarterback situation was so bad that it'd be like, man, this is going to take a long rebuild, something I just don't have time and patience for. Well, or, you know, I haven't heard anything about friction between him and ownership or anything like that right. but you just that's never you never know, you never know. If that's what's there and that's what's driving this um uh, i i've i've heard some interesting you know, you know most of what i'm hearing is that he's trying to end up with the cowboys that's what most people are are, are telling yeah. me but uh you know another thing that could happen in the year that he's not coaching is uh he could have some opportunities to, uh, you know, sit at the desk at, uh, you know, Fox, NBC, CBS, one of these, one of these broadcasters, and uh, he might find that he really likes that sort of job because he could have a long career, uh, uh, you know, with these broadcasters just doing, you know, pregame, halftime, and postgame analysis. Uh, it's not a really time-consuming job compared to head coaching an NFL football team, uh, and it sure does pay well. So I wouldn't be surprised if, regardless of what he has in mind in in regards to maybe coaching for Dallas, that he might be done coaching. Um, you know, it's it's a stressful job. So, uh, yeah, and yep. he, he's certainly accomplished more than most in it. So, Right, right. That's definitely right about that. And if you make it big enough and you don't like to travel an airplane, you can get your own bus. That's right. You travel around the country, and the Longhorn or Outback, whoever it was, may sponsor it and put everything on it. And then people will interview you in your bus while you're hanging out in your undies, and you're just living the dream. That's so right. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Here's in, in my official prediction in order to close the door on this Sean Payne stuff. Uh, I do think 
he'll end up with Dallas or something. And I think you hit the nail on the head. He's just going to take a, a season off and sort of collect some dough from one of these these places that'll put him on, um, you know, like a, a pregame, you know, the Fox pregame show. And he'll just, you know, I don't know oh, if you sure. knew this, but like they did a study of the Fox pregame show. It's like two hours long, 45 minutes of them are laughing. So either they're having a really good time or there's something else going on. <laughs> you know, cause so, so you can put him on there. He'll just laugh his ass off for a year and collect like $15 million and exactly. go back to coaching. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's both of our dreams. And here we are. Yeah, yeah. Guests still doing a podcast. To, still trying so, to get there. Still trying. Yeah. Well, you know, knock on wood. So <laughs> anywho, moving on the championship weekend, Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, AFC championship game. It is a 1 p.m. start here in uh, the Mountain Time Zone, Arizona and Colorado, respectively, where both of us are. Seven-point favorite to KC, over under 54.5. We saw these teams meet two weeks ago. It was fireworks show, 31-34, and uh, Joe Burrow threw for 450 yards and four touchdowns. So why would I not think that was that's going to happen again? <laughs> yeah, Considering. I mean, I, I'm very excited for this game a lot more than, than I might have been at the beginning of the playoffs had you speculated this matchup. Um, the the Chiefs and the Bengals, the offenses are playing great. Um, there's there's no reason to think that the Chiefs will make the same mistakes that, that, that tanked the Titans. Um, Arrowhead Stadium, again, uh, you know, not not too far of a of a road game for the Bengals. It's it's not as close as as Tennessee was, but uh, you know, not not that much of a. Is there a time change? I think they're are they both Central Time. It's a good question. I don't know if um, Cincinnati's East Coast or not. East Coast, technically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. so there will be an hour time difference, but it's not like going coast to coast and and. Uh, Arrowhead Stadium, what an advantage it is! But uh, in the playoffs, I, I expect I expect fireworks in this game. Um, man, the the Bengals are just they're they're on a roll. These two teams, we, you know, I, I'm hoping that we're going to have to eat our words about just having witnessed the best weekend of football ever. Uh, even though we only have two games to look for this weekend, they should be really good ones. Um, I'm going to have to take the Chiefs in this one. But the way these things have been going, I'm going to take the Bengals to cover the seven-point spread. Uh, I think this is a, a Chiefs victory by three or four points. Um, over, 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 under, over, under 54-and-a-half? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, I'm taking the over here. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that this is going to be a lot like the game we saw uh, between the, the Chiefs and the Bills. Um it's not hard to see both teams breaking 30 points. Uh, even, even with the, the play on defense, I think, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, they're, they're, they're on fire right now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely taking the over. I'm taking the Bengals to cover and the Chiefs to win. Yeah, uh, uh, likewise, <laughs> on all fronts, I think Kansas City won. I think it's going to be an over. I think Cincinnati covers. They keep it. They keep it close. What? It's seven and a half points, right? Or seven points? I think seven, it was seven, seven and a half points. So, so yeah. the line definitely moved on this at one point because it was seven and a half. There you go. Uh, it could be. It says plus seven and a half actually on the Vegas website. So it probably moved up a tiny bit, maybe. But on ESPN, it says seven. So we'll go with seven, regardless. Um, 
Yeah, I like all the points you made, and I agree with them 100%. And here's my key factor of the games. And guys, listen, if you're doing some some prop bets or you're like still a, like a fantasy junkie, here's four guys, right? Count them four on your on your fingers. You have five fingers in your hand, but four of them are going to use. All right. Jarek McKinnon uh, from KC, uh, 14 catches, 161 yards, two, t- two touchdowns receiving in the last three games, along with 27 carries, 109 yards rushing. So... Really a dual threat and a guy who really hasn't been relevant for several years. <laughs> the irony is that he signed a big contract with San Francisco, then tore his ACL, then Absolutely. hurt his knee again, and nothing happened. And now he's on KC and he's, his career's revived. Surprise, surprise, if you play with Pat Mahomes, I think Trevor and I would, could line up at flank or a tight end and we'd probably <laughs> catch a couple touchdowns. Right, right. So no, uh, I, so I think Jer- there's something there. Jerick so. McKinnon has been on my radar for his entire career. Uh, in the NFL, he was drafted by the Vikings. Uh, he came up behind Adrian Peterson. He was he was the replacement plan for Adrian Peterson. He really was, um, and uh, he ended up doing well enough as a number two back. We couldn't hold on to him. Uh, I was really excited to see him in a featured role with the Forty Niners, uh, and then tragedy two years in a row. I am so pumped to see him finding a groove with this high-octane Chiefs offense because I know he's a physical, physical running back, and uh, and he's got pretty clutch hands, and we're, as evidenced by the stats you just threw out there. I mean, he's as good catching the ball as he is running it, but he does have some between-the-tackles uh, north-south running ability, which the Chiefs need from time to time. Uh, they, they, they seem to always have a little trouble keeping the, the premier running back healthy. It's really great that they have someone like Jarek McKinnon in the next man up position. Uh, a guy who's just really talented athlete and has never, uh, had the time and opportunity to cash in as a featured running back, um, yeah, I, I loved it. Every time I saw them give him the ball last week, I was just I was so excited for him because he he's it's his time and he's shining. Yeah, yeah, no question. <clears throat> Going against a Cincinnati defense uh, that is yielding the fourth most receptions of opposing running backs, third worst defense DVOA against running backs. So I like him a lot in terms of that fantasy aspect and also like. Just him being an impact in this game, if you want to talk about just going outside any of those analytics sort of things or fantasy, what have you. He's going to be a, a big play and uh, a big play running back. Uh, Tennessee last week, A.J. Brown, five catches, 110 yards. I expect that same sort of production for Jamar Chase, uh, excuse me, Tyreek Hill, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, or Byron Pringle, or all of them, <laughs> who should be worth investing in if you're looking at fantasy or sort of like those daily options like DraftKings or something like that. Or if you're just looking for like dynamic players and you just want to keep an idea, an, an eye on somebody who could change the game. In addition to that, situationally, Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and Kansas City's just loaded. So I don't really know what to say. Oh, I just and, don't see and how... And they're, they're all playing at a high level right now. I mean, exactly. you, you don't get a game... Like the Bills Chiefs game we just watched, if you know if your number three your number four receiver is is dropping the ball, right. um, these guys are all reliable, right? And so going into the Cincinnati side, um, and I'm looking here one second. So he's averaged only 13.4 fantasy quarterback points for his other five road games. Okay, talk about Joe Burrow. Other than that, Casey, uh, there's some game. Okay, Lions, Ravens, Jets. 
He's he's obviously torched them, three of the worst teams against quarterbacks. But in every other game, 13.4 fantasy points on the road. So Joe Burrow, was he played at home, 446 yards passing, four touchdowns against KC three, three weeks ago. Um, I'm, you know, okay, so I see why Vegas got this this 57, or what was it, 54 and a half, and we said over. I still think it's going to be over. I don't think you can really, like, kind of, I mean, context, this you know, is certainly key. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And you can't say that just because, like, Joe Burrow had these bad games here and there, and they were he was good, blah, 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 that he that he's going to be um, kind of reduced back into some sort of, like, well, he's just going to be throwing a couple touchdowns, a couple picks, and get sacked five times a game. I think it's still going to be an over, but I see where Vegas got this number because he did actually perform kind of poorly on the road outside of three bad teams. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on if you're kind of looking at Joe Burrow for a start or some sort of like daily fantasy option or putting money on him. Now, Joe Mixon, uh, they'll feature him prominently. Uh, Casey doesn't have a great rushing defense. In fact, I think Casey's pretty vulnerable for the most part on the ground outside of Chris Jones being a really good force up front. Chiefs are going to have 4.8 yards per carry, the NFL's second worst mark. Um, 65 yards for Mixon last week. They're going against Tennessee. I think he's going to have a better game this week. And lastly, um, Chiefs team that has hung 42 on their two postseason opponents. 42 in each game. So it's going to be high scoring. Kansas is still going to score a lot of points. I think both defenses are suspect, and they've played against – they played – up to, to, to bad competition and play down to good competition. So I think it is still going to be an over, but those are all factors to keep in play when you're betting and you're looking at this game from that aspect, but also sort of keeping in mind some daily fantasy numbers and just looking at the stats in terms of, okay, if I'm playing the over, how can I feel confident? I just gave you all the reasons for it. If I'm taking Kansas City, why should I feel confident in that? We just gave you all the reasons for that too. I so, got one more reason, okay? Yes. The Bengals have... Three former Oklahoma Sooners on their roster. <laughs> okay. But the Chiefs, the okay. Chiefs have four. All right. So Chiefs yeah. are winning. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. It's a boomer Sooner. As long as you have the majority of Sooners, you're going to boomer. Let's do it, baby. So, okay. <laughs> 4.30 p.m. Sunday night, Sunday evening, depending on where you are in the country. San Francisco 49ers at the L.A. Rams, the third matchup of this year for them. And, in fact, that's played out in the playoffs uh, as the last team that's won has won their game, surprisingly. Three-and-a-half-point favorites, L.A., over-under, 46. It's going to be played in L.A. You know, there's no whole field advantage for, for L.A. here, and I can't help but think that boy, San Francisco actually matches up quite nicely against him. Honestly, I'm not going to give you my pick quite yet, but if you looked at a plus three-and-a-half for San Francisco, you can make a lot of money on this game if they win. I'm just saying. From a betting standpoint. <laughs> oh, oh, certainly, certainly. So, um, what do you think I, is going to happen? I like this matchup. I think these two teams match up really well against each other. In terms, I, I, I expect. I'll say right now, I'm going to take the under. Um, two really good defenses, possibly the two best defensive lines in the league. Uh, I, I'd easily say the two best defensive lines left in the playoffs here. Um, uh, so, I, I think that that. That's going to play a huge part in how this uh, how this game flows. Um, it's like you said, th- this is almost uh, a neutral game in terms of home field advantage um, because the the L.A. Rams they're they're still sort of new to that city. 
Um, the 49ers are, are, you know, just a huge diehard fan base right up the road in San Francisco. Um, so that they don't have to travel that far. They certainly don't have to cross any time zones. Um, so I, I really like, uh, you know, that, that all factors into a pretty even matchup in my opinion. Um, man, I, I hate to put it on quarterbacks, but I, I do see that that's what this game is going to come down to is, uh, you know, they, they're both going to play really good defense. They're both going to harass the quarterback a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, it's Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup against Jimmy Garoppolo, who has Debo Samuel, who is expected to play, but was pretty banged up at the end of the game last week. Um, he, he was limping off the field. He caught a, a helmet in the uh, it's either the thigh or the knee area that he got hit pretty badly. Um, so I, I'm leaning towards the Rams in this with a three-and-a-half-point spread. I actually do like the Rams to beat the spread here. But like I said, I'm taking the under. I think we're going to see a lot of field position battling. Um, and, uh, you know, if if it's closer, you know, if, if the 49ers do cover, I feel like Gould has been jinxed. You cannot... You cannot do this to somebody going into the uh, conference championship. And if it comes down to a 49ers field goal, I predict tragedy. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just, you know, uh, flashbacks of the 1998, uh, you know, conference championship. Uh, Oh, I can't do it. But anyways. Get away, go. Get away, go. (laughs) Yeah. uh, 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 So I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking them to cover. And I'm taking the under. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like I like the Rams cover. I like them them beating the spread here. Um, a lot of predictions are picking. I mean, I think if you look at most predictions across the board, ESPN, CBS, any of these sorts of places, Fox, it's Rams, Chiefs, <laughs> almost across the board. You know, I the reason I said I didn't hate a San Francisco plus three and a half is because I think, and this is I think the way you beat LA is almost like you let LA get a lead. Sounds kind of weird. It's a weird strategy. Don't think that's the way they're going to play it. However, I think if LA gets a lead, they get a little comfortable, they get a little complacent. I think the the attitude on that team, if we've seen the first two games in general this season, is they'll sleepwalk a little bit. They'll start making some really weird mistakes, and then all of a sudden, that that team's back in it. And there is there is a New England Patriots effect here with Jimmy Garoppolo. You saw it with Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady has like some juicy injection there, and everybody just starts crapping their pants. <laughs> I, I, I don't I'm not saying Jimmy has the same effect. Now I'm getting into conspiracy theories. Okay, I gotta let this one go. Here, here's the thing, right? If we're looking at a, a betting option here, if we're looking at people like sort of like daily fantasy, what have you, um, consider this, right? Odell Beckham Jr. Since he's been on the the LA Rams, what seven, eight touchdowns, right? Something like that. Yeah. I like him for twelve plus points. I don't hate if you started this in like a daily fantasy, if you're looking for like a prop bet, I think he scores a touchdown. He gets about at least 65 yards in this game. Um, same thing with Tyler Higby. I think he gets at least 70 yards. Um, the Rams are just kind of loaded with all these guys who really good at catching the football, really no, I, sure hands. I agree. And, and I think that with, with the triple crown winner uh, lined up on offense, it really opens up the opportunities, even makes it more likely for guys like, 
like OBJ and Higby to be the ones that find pay dirt. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. And one other, one other factor that keep in mind, Elijah Mitchell obviously had a big game first time they played L.A. earlier in the season. I mean, he just tore up L.A. so hard. It's, and he just ran right through guys like Aaron Donald and uh, Reader and some of those the, the linebackers they have on, on L.A. who are actually pretty underrated. Um, so Rams defense yielding only four yards per carry, seventh fewest fantasy points to, back, to the backs this season. Um Let's see, four, the most carries that Elijah Mitchell's had in one season, 198 rushing attempts, his junior year college. This year he's up to 251. He's run far less efficiently in the playoffs, 3.4 yards per carry. And I think this is not a game where they want to rely on him and or have any sort of wad of game plan around Elijah Mitchell. I don't think he's somebody you should start to look at in fantasy, daily fantasy. On the other hand, Debo Samuel, a beast. <laughs> I think that's he's a guy they're going to move around the field a lot. He's going to be in motion a lot. They're going to do a lot of like kind of swing passes to him. He's going to run the ball. He's going to take direct snaps. Um, he's just really good. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's not going to cover him. He's going to probably be on Brandon Ayuk, and I think that's going to be really hard for a really hard matchup for him. If you look at it across the board, right? We look, we take the the Rams and put them next to the Niners in in, in a vacuum. I think the the optic test would you would take the Rams every single time, and I think even if you just take the optic test, take that out completely and look at each player side by side, I think that's you'd still take the the Rams. That's why I'm taking the Rams, and I think it's going to be the a Rams win. What is that? Three and a half. Okay, we said they're going to beat that spread. I agree, and I think the 46 is pretty safe, to be honest. Um, like a 27-19 game, 27-20 game. Uh, you think it's going to be under. You know, I could see that, but I think so, that... I'll tell I think, you why. I think, I think LA think. will let them into the game a little bit more as they go, go as it goes on. So I, That's why I think it'll be closer and a little higher scoring. I do think. think that uh, the 49ers are going to keep this a close game for most of the game. Uh, I, I really do expect this to be a defensive battle. It's not going to be... You know, quite as low scoring as uh, 49ers Green Bay was without the weather. Uh, but man, the the 49ers defense is really stepping up every week right now, and I think they're going to keep it low. And I think that's going to put the pressure on the Rams defense to keep it low. And uh, and yeah, I, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty confident about the under right here. Um, we, I mean, even just a, a 27 to 14 win would be a blowout in this case, but that would still yeah. be the under. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So I, uh, but I, I think this might be a, a 20 to 14 win. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I expect some really good defense, especially uh, from these defensive fronts. Yeah, I, I agree. Darren Donald, Von Miller on one side, you got Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead on the other. <laughs> yeah. Eric Armstead had like one of the best games I've ever seen a defensive Lyman oh, have in against incredible. Green Bay. He was he was he was amazing. He was just a beast. He was throwing guys around and again, especially against that offensive line, Green Bay. It's it's an impressive feat. Um, yeah, I just think you know. Here's the thing, right? And it, your your confidence will be tested because San Francisco comes out and they basically script the first 15 plays of the game. And it's the third time they play L.A., so they're definitely going to script in a much different way in the first two two times. But that's the way Kyle Shanahan does it, right? Zone right. running, script the plays. Quarterback doesn't make mistakes. Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think he's going to make some mistakes. Throwing two picks, scoring a grand total of zero times so far. In Latin, this, like, what, this, this, uh, no, last game, excuse me. So I think he's going to make mistakes. And against the LA Rams, like, that's going to prove costly. And, and there's no weather effect. There's nothing here to really prevent the Rams from doing what they need to do and what they should do, which is win the game. Sean McVay's been here before. Matt Stafford hasn't. But I think they'll both be ready for this one. And so, L.A. Rams versus KC Chiefs in the in the Super Bowl. That's how, I like that's it. how it's going to look. I that's like it. Although, I got to tell you, uh, I won't be disappointed however these games go because the way these teams are playing right now, whichever two advance, if you can't get excited to see them play each other. I, I mean, I wish there was a loser's bracket the way the teams are playing in the playoffs right now because, you know, I, I'd like to – I mean, we get – if we get Chiefs Rams in the Super Bowl, I want to see you know Bengals Forty ers in another game. It's just there's so much good football being played right now. Well, that that would be like the retro football NFL throwback part of me wants to see the Niners and Chiefs. <laughs> you know, from like a 1980s matchup, like a Montana Boomer Sizer in Montana. What was the other guy's name? Uh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that guy. Whoever yeah, that yeah. guy was, Ken Ken Anderson, Kenny yeah, Kenny Anderson. You're, you're not that guy. Yeah, you're <laughs> not that guy, pal. So I would like to see that, but you know, conventional wisdom and football instincts, which I was born with, um, <laughs> tell me that it's going to be KC and LA Rams. And sources tell me, no, that's Adam Schefter. I have nothing, you know, to do with that guy. So <laughs> that's the way I see it, man. That's that's the way I see. It. We got the Pro Bowl next week. Uh, don't know how that's going to go. Who cares, really? It's going to be in Vegas, uh, not in Hawaii. That's sad. Um, that's our predictions, folks. I hope you enjoyed this show so far. Uh, we will be off next week due to uh, the Super Bowl being the week after. And we will come back with a vengeance and be ready to talk more about the, the, the last game of the season. The, this has oh, been no, the, long, the biggest season ever. Don't put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> But as we move along, you know, the USFL is starting. I don't know if you saw that. The USFL is going to be in a league again. Maybe there will be some coverage there, some other, some little gems. Obviously, we'll have an off-season show and uh, free agency and the draft, and you really can't get us out of your earwax. At this point, we're <laughs> taking up residence. We're paying for a room inside your ear, and we'll be there for the foreseeable future. That's right. So. <laughs> we're, we're going the distance here. Yeah, we're going distance. We're going for speed, as Cake would say. So... Um, I'm at Bobby Line Instagram. He's at Trev Geo Dude Instagram. We're at Football and General Podcast Instagram, Twitter, all the important places you can find us. You can find this podcast at Apple Podcasts on Spotify. And please give a like, subscribe, a listen, or a review. Anything that helps, play them at the dinner table. Bring bring us to to the barbecues that you can still have. Um, just randomly start playing it in your car and make your make your employees listening while you're carpooling down to a mine or something. You know. Um, yeah, do the do the legwork for us, please, because <laughs> we are shells of ourselves at this point in the season. We've been talking about football for a long time. So, <laughs> Trev, anything Always else to say? Time. Always a good time. Yeah, you got anything else to say for we? And, you know, exit? just just that. Uh, yeah, we. You know, I'm. I, I don't like taking a week off, but we we need to. And uh, please, uh, you know, if if you're excited about the Super Bowl like we are, we will be back with another episode. Uh, after next week. It's going to be great. Sounds good, man. And with that, we're out.